Speakers will have 15 minutes each. And the first speaker is going to be Judith. She's going to tell you where she's from, how long she's been in OA, and her length of abstinence. Um, she's going to share five minutes of her story and then speak to the topic, which is acceptance is the key. The timer will say five minutes when there's five minutes remaining, and then say time's up when the time is finished. Judith, we're looking forward to hearing you share. Do you want to unmute? I do. Hi, thank you. Um, Judith, grateful, very grateful, uh, compulsive eater and food addict from Danbury, Connecticut. Well, it's pretty different being on Zoom and sharing this, but I'm very grateful to be here. I came into the rooms in 1984 after I was not being, I was not as successful on an outside enterprise, but luckily the owner of that enterprise was also in OA and she handed me the first edition of the Overeaters Anonymous book. And she said, I think you need to read this book. So I took the book home and I read it and I was eating as I was reading it. And I'm saying, I'm not that bad. But luckily I knew that I needed to stay in OA and um, I did. So I struggled from 84 to 91 to get abstinent. And then I had six years of back-to-back -back abstinence. Then I had two years of relapse and I reclaimed my present day abstinence, April 1st, 1999. But I have to say that when I was in relapse, I was in denial about it. And I didn't say I was in it until I reclaimed my abstinence. And I love acronyms, those of you who know me, and denial didn't even notice I was lying. I was born a compulsive eater. Unfortunately, I had abuse and chaos in my story. And I know that I was using food to stuff all that was going on in my life. Some of my uh, memories of overeating when I was little, I remember going to the movies, um, eating two things and coming home and my mom would give me something left over from her bridge company. I remember my father who was a dentist said, don't eat in between meals. And I would sneak eat knowing that I would be punished, but I still did that. When I was a babysitter, I remember them saying, oh, eat whatever you want. And I would hide what I ate, you know, puff up the bags or turn over the thing in the freezer, um, hoping that they wouldn't see what I'd eaten. When I was in college, I remember studying outside all day. And then when I came in, the food that I would eat for my dinner was from a vending machine. I also remember um, eating my roommate's um, snacks that her mom had uh, sent her. And I was trying, I tried to hide it, you know, wrapping it up, thinking she wouldn't know, but she did. And of course, and I also lied about that, sadly, but I did that. And then I also remember once when I was a counselor um, in an overnight camp, um, I didn't want to socialize with them, the counselors. So I took everybody's overnight duty to watch the kids so I wouldn't have to socialize. <clears throat> so before I came into the rooms, I was constantly on diets and I was always binging and the acronym for that, believing that I'm not good enough. And I hated myself. I had no higher power. I was negative. I was, I thought I was a victim. Everything was happening to me. I was filled with shame. Very, very sensitive. I like the reminder about, you know, I had to stop taking things so personally. And the acronym for that is quit taking it personally. And I like that. I have to keep remembering that. So I read the acceptance in our big book a lot, the acceptance chapter and the acceptance prayer. And I'm really grateful that I did because it helped me to turn around my negativity and my always thinking that I was a victim. 
and start to see things in a different way. To me, that is such a miracle. So I'm really grateful for having understood, understand that I had to turn my thinking around big time. When I looked up the definition of acceptance in the dictionary, it says having the willingness to tolerate a difficult, unpleasant situation and accepting events as they are with no judgment. In January 6th, in the four day today book, some of it says, acceptance is the simple act of going through what is presently facing me, be it pain, anger, despair, hopelessness, or their opposites. And when life as it really is becomes a fact, that I have to accept as naturally as I breathe, events lose their power to throw me off balance or disturb the basic rhythm of my life. A program friend reminded me that I didn't have to like what I was accepting because I really don't think I knew that in the beginning. For me, I see acceptance as um, being Velcroed to uh, surrendering or to the God of my understanding so that I then know what to do, my next right action or non-action to take. And it helps me to change my perception so that I stop thinking uh, that I can't do something and try to turn it around. And sometimes for me to accept, I have to really let go of the pain that I'm hanging on to and accept and trust that God's plan will work out. I say this serenity prayer all the time because that helps me connect to being more accepting and then my higher power, accepting my higher power. And then I feel more serene. And once I'm able to do that, I'm then able to let in some gratitude and see some of the blessings in some of the difficult situations that I'm going through. I was thinking of a few things that happened fairly recently where I, had, I was glad that I was able to accept them. In August, I lost, we lost power for eight days and um, it took me, you know, I had to pray for the acceptance about that. Um, the biggest thing was that we have a well and that meant I had to use three gallons of water to flush our toilet, but of course we didn't have Zoom, which I was relying on. We didn't have a stove or refrigerator. But once I was able to accept that, I was able to um, pray about it and then make an action plan. And then that gave me a structure around my day. And then thinking about um, the blessing in that time, um, one was that I was able to read more because I wasn't on Zoom all the time. And the other was that my husband and I could um, play cards by lantern light, um, which brought back a good memory of me when I was, we, we used to camp together with my family and that was a good memory. I recently had a problem with my Gmail on my computer and I accidentally deleted all my Gmail and I was really upset at first, but then I saw it almost as a blessing because even though I miss a lot of my Gmails, I really needed to delete a lot of my emails, although I certainly didn't mean for it to happen so drastically. And of course the COVID, you know, uh, my life, most of my, much of my life, I should say, stopped um, March 13th. We stay home quite a bit, I'm 75. And um, I had been substituting up until then. I taught 40 years and substituted for 13. And most likely I will not go back to teaching anymore, which makes me extremely sad. But again, I had to pray for the willingness to accept what was happening. And then thanks again, I love the action plan. I had an act, have an action plan and then I um, you know, have more structure in my day. So um, I, you know, I'm so grateful. The blessings is Zoom. I can Zoom not only meetings, but I Zoom my synagogue. I'm on, I have a balance class, um, a chair yoga class. So I'm very grateful for Zoom. 
and I started to meditate regularly, walk twice a day. And of course, I have more time for my sponsees and sponsor and other program friends. So I'm really, really grateful. I find looking at the blessings when things are happening too helps me turn the situation around uh, in a much easier way. I wanna talk about the um, acceptance chapter in the big book, Dr. Paul's acceptance chapter. Um, but I also wanna say that he has a podcast. And when I was listening to it, I mean, reading it is, you know, he has humor. But when, when I heard the podcast, it's so amazing to me to see how he can um, put humor into a, situ a serious situation. But in the beginning, we know he fought, but he had a drinking problem. It was all because of his wife and she had the problem and he rationalized. It was because of his wife that he drank. Um, and this, the more he pointed his finger at her, the sicker he got. But then he finally, after seven years, he accepted that uh, the alcoholism was a disease and that willpower was not going to help him with, with it. And he said accept, acceptance was the key to his uh, sobriety and also his relationship with God and that he had to change his perception, sort of like getting a new pair of glasses. So then he stopped living in the problem, focusing on Max, and he started living in the solution and <clears throat> realizing that nothing in, happened in God's world by mistake. I read in the chapter after that, it says that when I complain about myself or someone else, that I'm complaining about God's handiwork. And I, I really like that reminder. So he started on concentrating what, what needed changing in his attitudes, and he kept the focus on what was going right. He reminds us that our, our serenity is inversely proportional to how much serenity we have and inversely proportional to our expectations. And as we know in the big book, um, expectation, excuse me, yeah, expectations are premeditated resentments and those poison us and keep block us from God. When I think about an expectation that I had when I used to visit my sister and my sponsor said, lower your expectations, my uh, relationship with her got much better and I'm really grateful for that. So Dr. Paul finally accepted that the 12 steps and staying close to God, the God of his understanding or God's care would help his life. So I'm gonna go over the uh, steps and how uh, acceptance helps me with the steps. Excuse me, Judith, five yeah. minutes, please. Thank you. With step one, I needed to accept that diets didn't work and that I couldn't eat like normal people or I don't, normal people, others who don't have the disease, and that my life was unmanageable. With step two, I had to accept that I was insane. It was insane that I kept eating the foods that I knew I couldn't stop eating. And I also had to accept that God could restore me to sanity. With steps three, 11, and 12, I had to accept that I needed to turn my life over to the God of my understanding, pray and meditate, meditate pause, pray and use spiritual energy, frog, fully rely on God. And I had to keep my, for me to keep my daily reprieve. <clears throat> I had to accept that I needed to stay close to um, God so that I could carry the message. I had to also accept that I can't keep my recovery unless I give it away. Was, and I'm so glad that I accepted the fact that I'd have a spiritual awakening as a result of working the steps because that motivated me to keep working them. I had with step four had accept that I had characteristics that had outgrown their usefulness to me, and they also blocked me from God. I had to accept that I could not keep my recovery unless I gave it away and share it with someone else. 
And with six and seven, I had to accept my defects and shortcomings before God would help me with them. And that also helped me um, become more understanding of other people. With steps eight and nine, I had to accept um, that I had caused harms, others had harmed me, and I also had to accept that I had to forgive myself and others. And of course, with step 10, I had to accept that I have to keep taking my inventory so that I can um, keep a check on my behaviors and my attitudes. So Dr. Paul said the most important thing for him was not to drink each day and also to stay connected to AA. And for me, the most important thing to me is to have my daily reprieve and uh, to stay connected to OA. I'm so grateful I did keep coming from 1984 until now, even through relapse. And I wanna end with um, a quote from our co-founders uh, story, the stories in all three books of the Overeaters Anonymous book. It's called Keep Coming Back. This is Roseanne's quote. I care about others because I care about myself. Because I kept coming back, I learned the validity of an elementary spiritual principle given to me by the Reverend Rolo M. Boas, who was one of OA's earliest supporters. And this is what he says. If you remove your body from the truth, when you are ready, the truth is nowhere to be found. But if you continue to bring your body to the truth, then when you're ready, the truth is waiting there for you. And she ends with saying, and that truth, our promise of recovery is in every OA meeting when we join hands, pray together, and joyously and lovingly encourage one another to keep coming back. I am just so grateful that I did, and thank you so much for listening. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? There you go. Susan, um, thank you, Judith, for your service. And um, can you hear me now? Okay, great. Um, sorry, I was double muted. Um, Judith, uh, thank you so much for your service. And Susan, I believe that you are our second speaker on acceptance is the key. Go right ahead. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Judith. Thank you. Thank you, Judith, for your share. Uh, thank you, Chris. Um, my name is Sue. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. I'm grateful to um, be in this program. I'm grateful for my recovery. Um, absent by a higher power, certainly by not the power of Sue. Um, very quickly, uh, my story um, in five minutes or less. I grew up in a dysfunctional family. I'm the second oldest of five. I had a good Catholic education for 12 years. Um, and left being very angry at the God of my upbringing. Um, I um, got married, I took a hostage. Um, the first man who said he loved me, um, I took hostage. And um, we've been married for 42 years. He's been with me through thick and thin. And um, I'm very grateful for him. We have two wonderful children and a grandchild. Um, I came to program from another 12-step program in the early 1990s, became the poster child for OA, having lost 100 pounds within the first year. 
after sticking around for another three years or so, I um, started to go to le do less service, started to go to less meetings, and eventually wound up on the outside of OA and eventually picked up the food again and gained back not the hundred, not just the hundred pounds I had lost, but another 60 pounds on top. So I crawled back into the rooms at 340 pounds. Um, I couldn't walk around the block with having severe, without having severe chest pain, well not chest pain, but shortness of breath and severe back pain. And um, so I had to make a deal with myself in the beginning that I would walk around the block and halfway around there was a Wendy's and I used to stop at the Wendy's and get a soda and then walk the other half of, of the block um, just to get around the block. Um, I count my abstinence date from January of 19, I'm sorry, of 2014. I came back in, in um, November of 2010. Um, I count my abstinence date from 2014. And so far mm -hmm. I have released um, a little over 90 pounds. It tends to fluctuate because one of the things that was a um, gift of my relapse is that I now have um, vascular insufficiency in both of my legs and I tend to retain water in my legs. So it depends on how much water I have, what my weight is. So I don't count on the scale as being a true measure of how much weight I've lost or gained. Um, and um, I was always a compulsive overeater. My mother used to laugh. I was born at 11 o'clock in the morning that I was afraid I would miss lunch. Um, my earliest memories are all food related. So I know I was born a compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, acceptance for me really was the key because um, when I came back from relapse, um, when I first came to OA, um, I was following a food plan and I followed it like I would any pay and way, which is what I was using as my food plan. And I thought that the, um, and I used OA just like a pay and way. And I found some fellowship and um, I thought that I had it made. Um, when I came back from relapse, what I found was that um, that wasn't the answer. <clears throat> I couldn't get abstinent the second time. I'd get a couple of days, a couple of weeks. And then I too found the story on acceptance. And what the part that struck me was that, um, and I'm gonna read it, I'm sorry. Um, At last acceptance proved to be the key to my drinking problem. Um, after I had been around AA for seven months, not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to say, quote, okay, God, it is true that I of all people, strange as it may seem, and even though I didn't give my permission, really, really am an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the prob problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single compulsion to drink. So when I finally admitted to God that I really was in the depths of my soul, a compulsive overeater, the problem went away. And I began living in the solution. And of course the solution is the 12 steps. Um, so this time I worked all 12 steps instead of the first three. And I found the solution and a power greater than myself, which I do call God because of convenient and everybody knows what you're talking about. Um, but this time the power greater than, than myself isn't this all loving, well, my higher power is all loving. He loves me to, with everything I go through. Um, my higher power takes care of me. 
And, um, you know, my higher power is personal to me. But when I can accept that higher power into my life, my higher power takes care of me. And I didn't find that in the God that I was growing up in, growing up with. So acceptance really was the key for me. Um, but I had to be convinced. Most of us are unwilling to admit that we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily or mentally different from his fellows. Um, the idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it to the gates of insanity or death. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step of recovery. The delusion that we are like other people's or presently maybe had to be smashed. Um, and that was the beginning of my recovery. Um, and recovery for me is, you know, is living in acceptance of life on life's terms one day at a time. And I truly do live my program one day at a time. Um, and I have to accept. I have to accept things that I don't like. Um, last weekend, I was hoping to go visit my granddaughter. You know, I live in New York State. Um, I know other states have other rules. New York State has quarantine rules. If you go to one of the states that is on Governor Cuomo's quarantine list, when you come home, you have to quarantine for 14 days. My granddaughter lives in Virginia. When I made plans to go see my 15-month-old granddaughter, Virginia wasn't on the quarantine list. The Wednesday before I was supposed to go, or the Tuesday before actually, Governor Cuomo put Virginia back on the quarantine list. I can't go see my 15-year-old granddaughter. Um, I see her on Google Chat. We Google Chat with her twice a week but I haven't physically seen her in person since June. She can't make the um, crossover between the Google chat and us in person. She's too little to do that. So she really doesn't know us, my husband and I, as her grandparents. And that breaks my heart. Um, so that weekend was tough for me. And I called my sponsor on Monday and I said, you know, I'm still grieving. I know I have to accept it, but, I have, but I'm still grieving. My sponsor is very wise. She said, acceptance doesn't just come. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to do work to get it. I said, yeah, I know. I have to put it through the steps. So I had to sit down and do a four through nine. And before I could accept it, I turn it over to my higher power. And that meant sitting down and writing about it. When I first came in, I used to write a lot. Um, I don't write as much as I used to, but Monday morning, I wrote about it. Um, I wrote a Dear God letter. And I said, God, I don't understand why this is happening now. All I want is to go see my granddaughter. But I know you have a higher part, a, a greater plan. And so I need to find out how I can accept what is going on. And by the time I finished writing the Dear God letter, I came to terms with the fact that I wasn't gonna be able to go this weekend. I don't know when I'm gonna be able to go because the way the COVID is coming back, chances are there's gonna be a lot of states on the cannot go to list for a long time. So one day at a time, I'm in New York, that's where I am. 
and um, the governor has set the laws the way they are, and it's out of my control. So acceptance is the answer. I don't eat over it because that would be self-defeating. And then I'd have two problems, the original problem and then the problem of the food. And I know that getting abstinent is easier than, than staying abstinent. So I don't break my abstinence. Um, I would like to lose more weight. And um, having come from 340 pounds, yes, I know there are probably things that I could do that would make the weight come more faster. Um, but I'm also um, a little bit more complacent. I'm 66 years old. I'm not 44 anymore. When I first came in, I was younger. Um, I could lose the weight faster. This time it's not coming off as fast as I would like it to. So when God decides that well, I'm ready to take off the rest of the weight, it'll come off. Um, I'm working on it. Excuse me, Sue, uh, five minutes, please. Thank you. I'm working on it to the best of my ability one day at a time. The weight will come off or it won't. Um, and I can't tell specifically by the scale. So I know my clothes are getting, I can see it in my clothes that I'm continuing to lose weight. The scale just doesn't show it. Um, one day at a time, take the next right action and do the best that I can. Um, I do a lot of service. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a service junkie. Um, I do service on, um, I've done service for my um, intergroup. Um, I've done service for the region. Uh, I've been the World Service Business Conference representative from my intergroup for a couple of years. Um, but I also do service on the phone meetings because um, as we've seen with COVID that, um, that um, you know, everybody's now doing Zoom um, and telephone meetings. And I think that's the future of Overeaters Anonymous, that if we don't change with the times, and I was hard to change with the times, but um, it's one day at a time and I can see I'm starting to ramble. So I think I've left the message that I wanted to leave that I have to accept life on life's terms one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. My name is Sue and I'm from Long Island, New York. Thank you for letting me share tonight or this afternoon. Thank you, Sue. Awesome job. Thank you for service. Thank you for sharing. We appreciate it. Um, okay. Hi, I'm Christine. A recovering compulsive overeater and grateful to be here today. Just grateful, just very, very grateful to be here today. And um, can you hear me okay? Yes. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Um, so I just give a little bit of my history. I've been around for a little while, actually. I have this great app and it tells me how long I've been doing this one day at a time. And um, um, 9,623 days, one day at a time. That's it. I've been around here for over 26 years and, uh, I came to my first meeting back in 1994. Um, uh, well, I w came, went to meetings in 1983, but I didn't hear what I heard in 94. Um, I didn't have a huge weight loss when I came in, I'm 20, 25 pounds, but about 500 pounds in my head. And, uh, and I say that because... I did weigh a lot more, um, so I 
So um, when I was uh, seventh grade to eighth grade, I gained 50 pounds that year. So I went from 125 to 175. When I came in a program, I weighed about 155, somewhere like that. And um, I weighed about 132 today, and I'm five, six and a half. And that weight's gone up and down, and I say all up and down within the same couple of pounds. As we get older, I don't know what happens to the body, but it just kind of adjusts. But it's my head that's got the clarity. So I grew up um, Catholic household. I'm one of seven, and I am... Um, Number five out of seven, five girls, two boys. I married a guy, one of seven, five boys and two girls, so a little bit opposite. And um, so I, I say those things. And so my parents didn't have a, there was an addiction thing growing up. Um, and I thought we weren't too dysfunctional. I, I guess I still feel that way because of certain things that happened in my life. I've, I've been blessed in so many, so many ways. So, um, so I, I share that. Because um, we weren't blessed with, with children, but I do have about mm, 35 nieces and nephews <laughs> and 20 of those uh, and great nieces and nephews. And, and I'm grateful for that. And I share that because that's a piece of what my story is. And um, acceptance is the key. So where I was, where I came from, where I am today. So. I had a weight loss to lose, not a whole lot. I always did journaling. I love that. And um, so when I came into these rooms and I heard, in the first meeting I went to, um, I heard how um, that life was so much better. Half of the steps, they were on the board. My first meeting was in Medford, um, Massachusetts, and they were up front, all the steps, all the traditions, and half of those steps were about God about a higher power, having a higher power and having a God. And um, I had a God in my life, still have my God in my life of my origin, and uh, have learned over time how that God relationship has changed for me. And so when I saw those in the steps on that first meeting, it, it made sense. I cried, not sure what the person said, but I know that my heart just radiated with what that person was saying. And, um, and I just went to that meeting on a Saturday, studied for a test over the weekend, and on Monday night went to another meeting. And on that Sunday in between, um, I ate three meals. They told me, get on your knees and um, ask God for help for the day. And at the end of the day, thank you, God. So I got on my knees. I asked God, and what I had heard was to have three meals and nothing in between. So I ate three meals and nothing in between, not what I eat today. Nothing, was not the same of what I actually got through, three meals. And with nothing in between in the midst of studying and, you know, it's easy enough to, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's easy enough. You know what I mean. <laughs> and um, so anyway, I couldn't believe that. So Monday I went to that meeting on Monday night and got a sponsor. They said, just go on to six meetings. I never heard that. I'm like, I'm like, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. I need to just do this. And got a sponsor and started doing that the next day. So grateful. So acceptance is the key. It truly is the key. Um, and I say that because um, there's been a lot of different things that have happened in my life um, in this program um, and big book. I've done a lot of AWOLs. I, I'm part of an AWOL today, which is just the study of the steps. And um, But I've gone through the big book step study process, which is really studying the steps intensely. And, and I learned, I learned acceptance. So when I first came in, acceptance is the key. I came in in June, in July, I think I was reading that chapter, um, 
it's changed edition, so the book is the the page number is different. Of acceptances, um, the key to all my problems today. If I can accept people, places, and things, I think it's four fifty nine. Um, then I can accept my life on life's terms. And um, so that was in June. We've been trying to have a child and um, or start a family. And so we got married in eighty seven. Um, this is ninety four that I come in. Um, had had one miscarriage prior to that time. And um, my sister and her husband came to me in September of that 94 and said that um, they were pregnant. I was really happy for them, but I woke up the next day feeling like, oh, my God, what happened? Like, where is God in my life? Why is this? Why is this happening? You know, have, um, as I said, my husband's got a large family and, you know, his gorgeous GQ uh, brother married a beautiful blonde and they got pregnant within like three months, you know, where is my acceptance? I was really having a hard time with this whole thing, but I did grow to learn. As a matter of fact, I remember one of my sister-in-laws calling me and saying, are you okay? Um, And it was just really, really hard. So I came in in July, June, and God really brought me here. I know for that to kind of go through this whole process because, um, and I share that because, I think I went through 50 different um, procedures in order to try to have a child, and it didn't work. And acceptance was the whole key because when it's, you know, kind of like being in a sailboat, if you're going down the river, it's so much easier to go with God down the river as opposed to being obstructed and wanting to go the other way. I'm going to row the other way and I'm going to go against the current. It just doesn't work. And um, I found that. I found that, you know, acceptance. And also, um, my husband's had major events. We are actually celebrating our 33rd wedding anniversary tomorrow. And on our 25th, I pulled out my wedding dress and I said, it's been in the box for 25 years. Let's see if it fits. It should really be a whole lot bigger because, you know, I'd lost 20 pounds or something. And it didn't. It wasn't bigger. (laughs) I think it really did shrink at the cleaners. But, oh, my God, people were like, you actually wore that? Oh, we just had a gathering, small gathering that we had made it because of so many other things. And um, when they got home, I'm like, I'm putting the dress on. I haven't worn it for 25 years. Nobody's going to notice. You know? And it was actually because of this program. Otherwise, I could not have worn that dress. So that being said, oh, this, uh, my husband has, has had major medical issues since I've been in program, triple bypass in 97 and what, nine years ago. I don't even know how to explain it, but he um, he uh, kind of passed out. Well, I don't know how to say he passed out, but he was unconscious and was without air for six minutes, and they didn't know. They had to put him on ECMO, all of these things, and they didn't even bring him to our operating room. They just did it in the ER while he was there. And, and all of these things, I'm sorry, in his room, um, I've been able to be abstinent because it's clarity, because God's got a plan, and acceptance is the key to my problems today. I cannot, acceptance, well, I, I, yeah, acceptance is the key, <laughs> and I just added to my problems today, because if I don't, you know, God, I surrender myself to take care of everything, take care of everything, because I can't do it. Um, earlier this year, in February, we're in COVID, the whole world is, and in February, he had an event that he passed out and split open his head and needed 12 staples and um, went to the hospital, got that fixed. And the doctor's like, something happened. He can't go home. You know, why did that happen? So after about five days of testing, they determined what the problem was, figured out everything on the heart deal, did what they had to do and sent him home. So this was in February before 
all of the other stuff was happening. And so, so I feel blessed that um, God took him out of this whole thing. So he was on disability, still on disability. Well, um, because we thought we were just going to, you know, be out. He would be out and uh, go to rehab, but cardiac rehab never opened up till July in the state of Massachusetts. And so, and at that time they ended up laying him off. I'm self-employed. Um, I'm considered essential. So I am at work and have been this whole time. Um, and all I can do is trust and rely. You know, when the layoff came, I kind of hmm, had to do a lot of writing and a lot of talking about that. There's a lot of other stuff going on. You know, in this program, my um, my dad died in 2003. I was able to be there. I was able to um, bring my food with me. You know, just automatically do it. Um, and my mom died in 2007. Recently, my mother-in-law died. And my younger brother died. Um <laughs> Excuse and, um, me, no, Chris, five <laughs> minutes, please. Great. Thank you. Um, and so I am just grateful for the opportunity of not being in the food. Forget about being in the food because this is um, uh, as a result of the world stopping for a lot of people right now. And, it, and it's horrible and there's so many things that are going on. But I'm really, really um, grateful that I can show up and have clarity. So I have a little great nephew that was born. He's six months old. So he was born in April. And my niece, who was a flower girl, has a four-year-old. And um, we can't see them, you know. I mean, we could see them from a distance, have a mask. We can't, you know, just hang out. So a couple of weeks ago, I decided to do movie night. It was warm on a Saturday night. Rented a projector from the um, library and put on a Monster University movie and then an adult one after that and had the kids come. We have a long driveway, had them bring their chairs, had them bring their snacks, do everything that they needed to do. You know what? And try to come together in a different way. And it was great. And um, then my other niece, I've um, been making arrangements to go there on a weekly basis, spend a couple of hours, you know, give her a little break. She works, the husband works, but just spend time with a four-year-old. If I was in the food, I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff. I would not. And acceptance is the key. If I was really resentful about not having a child or having a family of my own, really. But God's given me another opportunity to nurture um, in other ways, and I'm grateful for that. And if I didn't have this program, I wouldn't have that. I don't believe I'd have that acceptance. So I had a relationship with God before I came into the program, and I still that relationship has gotten deeper because it used to be food was my God. And that was what I was addicted to. I remember years back going to confession and confessing that. I think it was I was in high school or something. And I didn't think I was that crazy bad, but obviously that was my addiction. Food was my addiction choice. But the reality is, is that um, God's in charge. I trust and rely on God. He takes care of everything. This is going to all work. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, last year, uh, before all of this, in 2019, I fell and broke my left wrist while I was skiing. And three months later, fell and broke my right wrist um, and uh, in a pothole, one in a pothole. And so, yeah, that was really a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but it took me an hour and a half to make my first salad when that happened. I had people who helped, and that was great, and they came. But I still needed to take care. Oh, and we were in the middle of renovating a house, a really, you know, the guys actually thought, did you fall in one of the holes here? <laughs> that didn't happen. I just did it on my own. 
but I got to trust and rely. I've got a plan. Um, and I'm just really, really grateful to be able to be called on. Um, and I love and I'm excited about being abstinent because I have clarity to give back to my community, for you, my local community, my family, and uh, affect the lives of others because there's such a there's such a need, especially in COVID. There's such a need in this time in our country and our world to be able to um, be responsible and make a difference in other people's lives. So thanks for letting me share, and we'll continue with the rest of the meeting. So I needed to ask the host to enable chat to everyone in the meeting. We're going to now open the floor for three-minute shares. Chat is now open. To put up your hand, please use the raise hand function, which is the little blue hand, usually found at the bottom of the participant's list. If you're on a computer, if you need help, you can chat to a host. If you are calling in on the phone, please press star nine. The leader of the host will call on you. When it's your turn to speak, you will see a prompt on your screen asking you to unmute. Uh, please select unmute to speak. The timer will signal when you have a minute left and then time's up. And our timer is... I'm Don. It's Don Marie, right here. Hi, Don Marie. And Thank I think we, I think it's been changed to two minute shares so they could get more people. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't know. I'm reading what they gave me. That's it. <laughs> I think it's been changed. Okay, that sounds good. With so many 161 people here, that makes a lot of sense. And I'll um, let the timer go off, and when you hear the timer, thank you. Okay. Perfect, Don. Perfect. You're a pro at this. Thank you. Um, okay, so tell where you are from, how long you've been in OA. Reminder, our traditions state that OA has no opinion on outside issues. Some example of outside issues are politics, religion, diets, treatment programs, non-OA approved literature, and other 12-step fellowships. Therefore, please base your sharing on your OA experience and do not include outside issues. Please stick to the topic of this meeting. For those who arrive late, the topic of this meeting is acceptance is the key. The meeting is now open for sharing. And it looks like Larry has his hand raised. Go ahead, Larry. I am Larry, a compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, I'm actually lived here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I've been abstinent and in the program for almost seven years now. Um, when I first came into the program, um, you, when I started coming, the first thing I remember hearing was welcome home. And I knew that instantly this is where I belonged because they could accept me for who I was, no matter what. Um, and as I continued going, it just kind of leveled out on me until about three years ago I had some physical injuries that happened on the job which made me to have to come to accept the fact that I couldn't work anymore and that we knew we couldn't continue to live on Long Island anymore so we needed to move and we had to come to the acceptance that this is where our higher power has sent us to Indiana 
not sure why completely yet, but it's starting to unfold in front of me. Um, and become part of this program here. And I had to say goodbye to all of my friends from Long Island and all the people that had been so much a part of this acceptance for me. Um, about two years ago, I started with the prompting of my higher power to go to our local intergroup, thinking I might be able to try having a board position to try to do a more service to strengthen my abstinence. And that didn't happen. It didn't work out. I wasn't voted in and I was kind of felt a little bewildered. I had to accept that this wasn't going to happen right now. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I wasn't thrilled with it. Um, but just recently I had found out from, after joining a men's outreach committee that had formed a while back to help reach out to men that they weren't getting satisfaction and being able to do what they Time. wanted and they formed themselves their own intergroup and now I find myself as the vice chair for the remainder three months of this brand new men's intergroup that had been formed and I'm like okay now I know why I had to accept what I couldn't because God had a higher power plan for me greater beyond my wildest dreams and with that I will say thanks. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Um, and then I'm just going by the meeting, the people who have their hand raised on my screen. And it's uh, Cindy C. from New York. Do you want to unmute, Cindy? There you go. OK. Hi, I'm Cindy. I'm a compulsive eater from Delaware, used to be New York, Westchester. Glad to see my old peeps. Hi. <laughs> um, acceptance is the answer. So um, in the same uh, Dr. Paul story, uh, he talks about what I focus on, you know, it enlarges. So if I'm not accepting something, um, which means I am ruminating over what I'm not accepting, that problem is going to become bigger. If I stop ruminating on the problem, I can then accept the problem with my higher power's help. And then I can ruminate on the solution, which becomes bigger. And doesn't that kind of make sense? Easy? No. Simple is what the program promises. Easy. But the thing is that if I, if I love myself, which is what I, I learned I needed to start doing in the, ver in the very beginning, if I'm going to love myself, then I want to do what's good for me. And if I, if I want to do what's good for me, then I'm going to want to focus on the solution. Um, not easy. Not easy. There are times when I just have to ask HP all day long sometimes. Uh, and sometimes I just have to ask HP when I wake up in the morning. Um, but I have to do what the program tells me to do. I have to work my steps. I have to use the tools and the traditions. Um, and that is what allows me to live a life that's happy, joyous, and free, which is just ridiculous considering that when I came to this program, I'll tell you when in a moment, I had a completely black life. There was, no, my rata was life sucks and then you die and I can't wait to get there. Um, uh, when that was, 11 days from now, it'll be 30 years. Um, it, it took me a long time to, uh, you know, to, I, I'm, a, I'm a slow learner, you know. Time. 
Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. And um, Janice from New Hampshire. You want to unmute Janice? Mm -hmm. Oh, hello? Okay. Hi. Oh, okay. Okay, there you go. Yep. The host wasn't allowing me to unmute, but... Um, yeah, I can't put the video on either, but that's okay. Um, I'm Janice from New Hampshire, and I just wanted to um, focus on the acceptance part of this program because um, I, I came into program uh, 20, 26 years ago and uh, when I was 30, 34 years old. And for the first about 12 um Oh, now there I am. And for the first like 12 years, um, I did not accept um, who I was. I was doing this program like a diet and I lost the weight. Um, I did the tools. I didn't do the steps. Um, I didn't really believe in God. Um, and I just worked this program like a diet. I never accepted who I was and what I needed to do. So um, after being in program for a while, and I, I ended up going back into the food, still came to meetings, which was a key, and listened to somebody at a meeting who I talked to after, and they told me they'd gone to 90 Day. I went there, and I got a sponsor who really focused on the steps and on, um, you know, on acceptance. And... You know, I remember her telling me, you know, she said, I don't think you ever really let go of the food. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I never really did. So, um, you know, today um, I accept who I am. And it's it's to the point somebody asked me about how I deal with having a husband that doesn't eat the way that I do. Um, and, uh, you know, I just say, well, I don't eat dog's food. You know, that's not mine. And his food's not mine either. I am just so, I just, thank you. Time. You know, the food that is mine that I know is good for my body. And that's my acceptance. Thank you. Thank you, Janice. And Anne from New York, Florida, would you like to go? Anne B. Yeah, hi, my name is Anne. I am a very grateful compulsive overeater, abstinent one day at a time by the grace of God. And I love this topic because acceptance is the answer. And excuse the expression, but I usually say acceptance is the answer, but acceptance sucks. Um, I'm in program 13 years. Uh, seven years ago, next month, my little sister died. And I couldn't even say the serenity prayer because I was not, absolutely not going to accept this. 11 months later, her twin died. They were my best friends. And there was no way on this earth was I going to accept that. But that was just me slamming my head into a brick wall. 
because my non-acceptance will not bring them back. And I finally understood that I don't have to like it. I do not have to like it. I don't like that my sisters are gone, but I have to accept it or I will die physically, spiritually, and emotionally. So do I like it? Nope. Will I accept it? Grudgingly. <laughs> and I work on that grudge all the time. But even today, you, the other day, I, my mom's 98 years old and she's in a nursing home and she was rushed to the hospital. So you can imagine the stress level. Well, it turned out to be a false line and thank God she's really, she's, she's good. But she's back in her, now she's quarantined in the nursing home, worse than ever. But I have to accept it or I'll make myself crazy. And one of the things that helps me to accept the things I cannot change is to look for the blessing in, because there's always a blessing, no matter how bad the problem is. And even though my mom had to go all through this and I had to go all through this, I got to be right next to my mom. Hadn't seen her in seven and a half months. I saw her Monday, 12 feet apart. She, I don't think she knew who I was. But in the hospital, they let me right next to her. I got Excuse to me, time. Thanks for letting me share. I'm muting here. Thank you. Appreciate it. And um, the next person, Jude from New York. Uh, Jude, I'll ask you to unmute. Do you want to go? Yes, yes, I, w okay. I wasn't unmuted. Okay, um, there you go. Hi, my name is Jude. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. Um, this is my first time at a convention and I'm, I'm really so happy to be here. This is one of my favorite parts of this, uh, of, of the big book. Um, the part that I just want to share a little bit on is, um, in the new edition 440 or 419. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. When I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. For me in this time of COVID, I, I just, I have to like memorize that and like just put it on, you know, a loop in my head. There are so many things that I, I, I have no control over and that I have to accept. And yet there are things that I can do, you know, um, and one of the best things, and I, I, I agree with so much what has been shared is that, you know, I, I, I can take, I can take care of my food, you know, and I, I have to accept things that I don't like because, you know, not accepting them will not that make that go away, you know? And um, so, you know, sometimes I begin my prayer by saying, you know, I'm really, really clear on what the problem is. If you could just give me a hint as to what the answer is, I will, um, I will continue, you know, because earlier, and it says when I, when I um, live in the solution, the solution gets bigger. When I live in the problem, the problem gets bigger. So I, I it's all about the attitude change. And, um, you know, God is the best attitude changer that I know. And um, it comes all through that prayer and meditation piece. So again, I'm just really grateful to be here. And um, thanks for everybody who shared and all the people have worked so hard on this. Thank you. Thank you. And how about Sean? Is your hand up if you want to unmute? 
Hi, I'm Sean, a uh, compulsive overeater uh, from Western Mass. Uh, so wonderful to see all these faces. Um, this is also my first convention, as with the previous speaker. Um, I, uh, in the last, I, I've uh, been coming to meetings now for uh, about, it's hard to remember how time works in COVID, uh, about uh, a year and a half now. Um, I've been really working the program beyond meetings for uh, a little more than a year. Um, and I get the gifts of acceptance every day. I have um, some uh, neuro neurological issues that um, can affect me better or worse day to day, um, but they, they have forced me to um, uh, a drop out of uh, an academic program I was in that I've devoted a lot of my life to, and uh, in doing so, I did lose employment, and and me and my spouse, you know, it's it's tough times. It's tough times for a lot of folks right now, and um, there are times in my life when food and other forms of self harm would just be my answer. That that's just how I would act, and and it's still. It's still the first one that's on the, uh, you know, on the list. My brain first goes like, well, what about food? And acceptance, um, and especially I exercise it through uh, reciting the uh, serenity prayer um, is just such a powerful tool for me to remind myself that I, it's very easy to concentrate on things I can't do. I sometimes can't talk very well. Um, my voice gets affected or, or movement stuff. I can't, you know, I uh, can't always walk. Time. Okay. Um, and it's it just except the serenity prayer reminds me there's so much I can do. And coming to this convention is something I can do. And sharing and hearing so much is something I can do. So I'm just so grateful. Grateful everyone for their service too. Thanks. Thank you, Sean and Alex. Do you want to unmute? Hi, I'm Alex. I'm a compulsive overeater and restrictor. And um, I'm just so glad that we're talking about acceptance. Um, you know, I think first things first, I, I really had to accept that, um, you know, that that I was a compulsive overeater and that that I did have a problem. And once I accepted, um, kind of what I have and, um, you know, my, my illness, my certain illness, um, you know, that was the, the key to which I could turn the door um, into recovery, into the solution that has been talked about so much. Um, and I, I realized that the more control I try to exert over my life, the less peace I have. Like, I really think that control and peace, um, they can't coexist for me um, because I am incapable of knowing where my higher power wants me to go. Because um, if you asked me a couple years ago where I was going to end up, didn't think it was going to be here. <laughs> didn't think it was going to be here. Um, but uh, it's amazing because I can see the blessings and I can see that, you know, the universe, my higher power brought me here, like so that 
I could be used in ways that I never imagined. Like, you know, what I wanted to be was skinny and pretty and my higher power had so many other plans for me except just that. And um, my higher power has my back and all I have to do is accept that I am not the CEO of life. I'm not the chief, I, I'm the passenger. Um, you know, most of my life is me being like, oh, this is happening, okay. <laughs> um, you know, whether I like it or not, at the end of the day, thank you, I hear that. At the end of the day, I end up where I'm supposed to be. So thank you. Thank you, Alex. And um, I don't want to mess up this name. Bila from Massachusetts Territory. Bila, um, are you there? Yeah, okay. I was just having trouble unmuting. Um, Bela from Boston on the land of the Massachusetts people. Um, thank you so much to the speakers, um, to the hosts and the, the tech people and everyone who shared in this meeting. It's such a wonderful um, topic. Um, we are all having to accept so much um, in these times, um, so much that we can't control and uh, for me, um, you know, my family is uh, in Vancouver, Canada, and um, that's a long way from here. Um, and um, my niece and nephew are growing up without knowing me. Um, I've met my nephew once. He's one. Um, I've been with my niece, um, you know, on maybe four occasions. They're, they're young kids. Um, I'm having to see them on Zoom. It's, um, it's not, it's not um, what I would have wanted. And yet this is what it is. And so acceptance of that looks like, you know, um, I, uh, I go on Zoom with them sometimes to just watch their, uh, their routine, or I'll read a story to my older niece who's three um, and I have goddaughters here, so um, I spend time with them. Um, they're also one in three. So uh, the other thing is that OA has really helped me um, accept my husband that he doesn't, he's not um, going to be a 12-stepper like me. And even though I might think he does need a 12-step program. You know, God has shown me that um, that's not his path and that's okay. Um, and I can love him and we can still have a good connection. So thank you so much. Thank you. Sherry, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, hi, I'm Sherry, compulsive eater and anorectic from Malta, New York. And um, great to um, hear everyone. I um, really appreciate everybody doing service. Um, Judith is my grand sponsor, so <laughs> I love that. Um, the family is together today. So um, I, um, 
you know, I love this um, section of the big book and the topic. And um, I was thinking I had, I had a tape by Paul O. It was it stuck in my car, so I could not get it to work and I couldn't get it out of my car. It was a little cassette tape. And he talked about a lot of really, some of it was really funny. He talked about doing his fourth step in the middle of the night, because why not? You're awake already. Let's just do that fourth step now. It was really funny. It was really hilarious. Um, but he, he talked about when we ask why, you know, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me kind of thing? And that what we're really looking for is like God to give us an answer that, you know, for me that I would agree with, then I'll accept, you know, and the truth is it doesn't matter why, you know, what is, is, and, um, you know, I've learned after many years in the program that things aren't logical. And the more I try to make logic of things, you know, that that's just another means of trying to control. And um, so I just wanted to say quick that I think that um, this in the big book, it talks about, you know, the critic, the perfectionist, wanting to run the show, be the director of the play, those kind of things. I really appreciated what was shared about, you know, when I'm trying to control, I'm going to be uncomfortable because stuff is not going to go my way. And um, so, you know, letting go of my expectations, letting go of um, my critic, being humble, um, being uh, grateful, those are things that really help me. And I'm definitely not an expert on acceptance, but thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Sherry and Helen. Hi, uh, I think you can hear me. Um, yep. So I'm Helen from Boston. Thank you for everybody organizing and wonderful speakers. For me, acceptance is also the serenity prayer. If I can accept that uh, some things I can't change, I can change myself, but not others. That's going to be such a big, it is, or it could be such a big relief for me. This summer, I had two uh, experiences with uh, two different siblings that I thought were my easiest to get along with. And I just disagree with um, what they did or nitpicking me on how I'm taking care of our mother and different stuff. But you know what? Um, they have their own issues. Um, they can't mind read me. Um, thank you for, to my sponsor who gives me advice all the time on um, how to make my life easier. And like everyone before me has said, man, if I also ate, I would have issue upon issue upon issue. It's not worth it. I'm so happy that I love my food. Somebody recently in a meeting I went to said, you have to love your food. And I do love my food. It's friendly food for me. It's not my rotten stuff that I used to do. Um, somebody wanted numbers. I'll keep talking until they cut me off. So numbers are that I've probably been in program about nine years, but I hung around for eight years. I want to say that because I never thought I could be in this program the right way, but I know there's so many millions of ways to be in the program. <laughs> I thought that um, I would never get a sponsor because I was afraid to get a sponsor and have someone tell me everything to do and all that stuff. <laughs> but there are so many ways and after um, of doing the program, after the eight years, somehow God, thank you, gave me a miracle. 
And I accepted, um, actually a sponsor said, hey, do you want to do it with me? And I said, yeah, I was nervous. Okay, thanks so much, everyone. Thank you, Helen. And how about Chuck? You can unmute. I'm a that would be great. Thank you. I'm assuming you can hear me. Uh, yeah, my name's Chuck, I'm a compulsive reader. Um, oh, using acceptance, man. Um, you know this 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 convention thing is a, is a is a big deal um and literally an hour before we begin i get this message from um uh by my family down south saying my my, my grandfather's in in palatal care and he's uh going quick um and it just gobsmacks me right after you know <laughs> right before we're about to begin and the thing is you know i didn't i can't say i read read the paragraph, you know, I know the paragraph. Um, and I know what it says. And we put it aside and we deal with God's will. It doesn't help them also in Canada and that, you know, get crossing the border is a bit of a pain. Um, we put it aside and we accept um, where I am and what the next action is, which is, you know, continue to do service. Um, the, the thing is, is that it's, um, I don't think about me <laughs> um, during this whole thing. I don't think about, you know, what I'm getting out of this because I've accepted the situation as it is, as God has presented it to me. My thoughts now are on what the next step is. And there'll be a step after Saturday or Sunday is done where you know, I'll start to figure out how to get down there and what do I do and um, who would I have to call to, to cross a border and things like that. And that, that'll happen. Um, but here, I'm in the here and now and um, trying to focus on, on the next step that needs to be done in, uh, in whatever today brings. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. Ed, would you like to go? There you go. Great. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Ed, a grateful recovering compulsive overeater and food addict. Absent today by the grace, uh, absent today by the grace of God and support of the fellowship. Um, I'm the uh, oldest of uh, of three. I have two younger brothers who are mentally challenged. And growing up, I thought it was uh, my job to uh, not only do for me, but uh, uh, take care of myself, but also take care of them. And, um, you know, coming to program, I realized I couldn't do that. Uh, I've been out, I've been around for uh, half years, absent for 21 years. And five years ago, uh, around this time of year, I was uh, diagnosed with uh, stomach cancer. And uh, I went through two surgeries and um, uh, six months apart. I'm cancer free today. And... Um, while I was going through this, I going, you know, okay, I know about acceptance and I've practiced that and what's going on here. And then um, I just remember the second half of the third step prayer, which says, uh, you know, take away my difficulties that victory over them may be a witness to those I would help. And, um, you know, people, when they've heard my story, they say, oh, gee, how, you know, you went through all that, you know, and, and inspired them to go through whatever they were, were doing. And, uh, 
you know, so really, uh, you know, uh, I was just talking to a sponsee during uh, during the session here and, uh, you know, and as I said to him and as I heard it earlier, <clears throat> that acceptance is uh, something that we have to live with. We don't have to like it, but we have to live with it. And uh, it's a lot better uh, accepting things the way they are than uh, uh, putting my head into the food and uh, not knowing what's going on around me. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Ed. I know that there's a few other people who want to share. And um, so, um, but it's that time and we need to say goodbye. <laughs> so thank you everybody for coming. We want to thank everybody for coming. And why don't we end with the serenity prayer? And this is going on for another day and a half. So you can join another meeting. Um, you'll have that opportunity. And uh, thank you all for being here on this wonderful Saturday. And um, thank you everyone who attended the workshop, who shared. We'll now close the meeting with the serenity prayer. God. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know that everything will not mind be done. Not mind be done. Awesome. 345. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Great job. Thank you. Chris and everyone.